You're listening to a Glasgow Women's Library podcast. What you're about to hear are extracts from our What Women Talk About When They Talk About Sex discussion workshops, part of the Sex in the Women's Library programme 2015. For more information on the library, our Sex in the Women's Library programme, or any of our other work, please visit our website at womenslibrary.org.uk. Hi everyone, thank you so much for coming. It's brilliant to have you here. Tonight is our sexology discussion groups um, and it's within the wider sexology season which is all supported by the Welcome Collection and it's linking in with work happening in London and Manchester. Here in this discussion group we are working within the model of consciousness raising groups which was a radical feminist model of working together and meeting together that was developed in the second wave of feminism. So the idea is that women come together in groups that are safe spaces for women to talk about the things that they want to talk about and share their truths and explore their feelings about things. So we are thinking about that, we're using that model in terms of sex and sexuality for women in Scotland in 2015. In terms of our ground rules that we've agreed together, these are really important so that the group um, holds together and is safe for everybody. The most important one is confidentiality. So when we leave here, it's important that we don't take anything that we've said here with us and we don't attribute it to anyone. We can use a name that we'd like, so you can all pick a name that's not your own one. You can use your own name if you want, that's absolutely fine. They can be therapeutic, but it's not therapy. And unless someone specifically asks for advice, we're gonna try not to give advice. Try and use the I voice saying like, I feel this, for example, rather than you feel because I is important and what you have to say is important and the personal is political. And finally, we'll just try not to interrupt people while they're speaking. We'll try and hold each other to that and I'm sure it'll be amazing. So thank you all so much for coming and we'll get started. I'm Kim. Um, what did your mother tell you about sex? Susanna, okay. Um, it's difficult to remember. I mean, it's like many years ago. Um, I don't think she said anything to me directly. Uh, I can't even remember how this stuff about the period happened. It's kind of all has disappeared from from my head. I think um, she was trying to stop me from having a shower if I had my period. Uh, But I'm not 100% sure if I have made that up. she didn't say anything, but um, she found some contraceptive pills that I bought, just in case I hadn't mm-hmm. done anything. <laughs> and she found them out of the bed. Uh, and I think, if again I haven't made that up, um, that I've heard them say, if she starts this, she's not going to want to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only thing that, and I hope I haven't made that up. But I, I think this is what was her comment when she, and she was like in panic. They were also together with uh, the Marxist Manifesto. So right. there were two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but I, was, I was quite old. I was like um, 15 and a half. I wasn't nine. So. Uh, yeah, that. And, and then my brother, my brother was younger than me, and I was trying to introduce him to things and all of that. And um, he had a girlfriend, um, 
and they were not letting them go away on their own. Uh, even when he finished school and he was first, like, and he got at the university, the school of law first, everything. Uh, and she said, okay, I'm just going to go on holiday with my girlfriend. And he said, no, that's not a good idea. And I said, why are you not leaving? And then he said, just shut up, you. Don't interfere with this. We don't want him to become like you. <laughs> so, yes, I think, I think that that's all that I remember from mm. that period. I'm clear. My experience is not dissimilar. I don't remember my mum having any kind of particular conversation with me about sex. I got a book from the St Paul's Catholic bookshop, which I can distinctly remember what it looks like. It was black, very black and shiny. <laughs> and that was it. That was the sum total of my sex education from my from my family. And again, I think there may have been a question about how we covered it at school. But that was it. No more. I'm Jay. As far as periods went, my mother was quite communicative. And I do remember when I actually went and told her I'd started menstruating, that she threw her arms around me, which was very out of character for my mother. She wasn't very physically demonstrative. And was like, she was almost crying. She was like, oh, you're a woman now. And all this sort of stuff. Um, and she bought me towels and things, you know, she very much into that. In terms of sex and sexuality, she was quite inappropriate. Mm. Um, my mother's, she gave me Linda Lovelace's autobiography, which obviously transpired later, was written as a publicity thing, to read. She bought me a copy of Playgirl with John Travolta in it, and I was much more shocked the fact that John Travolta was saying fuck all the way through his interview <laughs> than actually any of the sort of pictures and stuff in it. Um, she had books like Jackie Collins and Harold Robbins and things like that, um, and she kind of steered me towards them, and that was I was just like, absolutely no way, I'm becoming a nun. No, nobody has been... To, it was horrific. Um, I remember... Uh, Conversation. It was one time, I think it was about 14 or 15, I thought, I was staying with my aunt, and I thought I was, I thought I was looking okay, you know, I had a, a band t-shirt, a pair of skinny bleached jeans and a pair of trainers and I thought of this. Walking down the stairs, feeling really confident, I heard my mother saying to her sister, she's not really interested in boys, I think she might be a lesbian. Back up the stairs again. Um, and then when I actually started being in, and she kept saying, like, you know, like, oh, you're really studious, you know, and all, and she would say things like, you know, boys don't make passes, the girls they wear glasses, and they don't like girls that are too intelligent and all that. When I started being interested in boys, I was the slut of the week. You know, I, I, it was completely mixed messages. Like yours, and my mum never told me, we, I have a conservative family. My parents are very conservative. My period was started, and my mom, my aunt is uh, with us. And I told, and I had tonsil surgery. I thought I scared much. Two days later, this happened after surgery. But uh, she nodded uh, her head, and my auntie later explained this is period. You are going to be a woman. Don't worry. This is regularly happening. And you have to uh, hygiene clean like this. But about sexuality, about sex, 
I haven't spoken with mom until uh, my wedding day. <laughs> she told me some things, but again, it was very close. I read books. I had a close friend. She gave me some information. But I thought some books, this is not real. They are authors. Their words different. Mm -hmm. And they want their words. But you learned about, I wish I had more information. And this is not shame. Mm -hmm. This is like we are uh, we, uh, necessary for food. Like food we need for mm -hmm. body, this needs. Mm -hmm. But uh, feel shame and like uh, around a wall, you can't speak, you can't ask any questions, you can't look at. Yeah, it was something under the pressure. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. Uh, I'm Kim. Um, like you, uh, my, my family was uh, very conservative Christians and it, I don't remember it coming up talking about sex at all. I mean, I had a, a book was like a science book about how everything works and it had some diagrams <laughs> about sex um, but there wasn't anything kind of more than that and I, I suppose I got all of my education in school and from friends and from magazines which wasn't very accurate um, but my parents then when I first had my first kind of serious boyfriend and eventually was like right I'm going to stay over all hell broke loose, you know, my dad, it's quite funny because my dad has a really small flat and he was trying to pace up and down but he didn't have anywhere to go, he had to keep walking in an L shape, <laughs> you know, like stomp, 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 turn the corner, stomp, stomp, stomp and back, you know, and he just kept going on about, you know, centuries of biblical traditions and, you know, how, how dare you do this and things and then he calmed down, but uh, then later when he got with his partner I was really tempted to do the same, <laughs> but no. Yeah, so I don't remember. I mean, in terms of periods, I think we probably did have the chat. I do remember my wee brother uh, finding, like, taking a pack of sanity towels out the, out the shopping bag and was like, ah, oh, Kim's got to wear nappies. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember if they, like, how they dealt with that at all. Mm -hmm. And I also remember he went through my mum's handbag and found her tampons and thought that they were sweeties. And I was like, why do you get to take sweeties to work when we're not allowed to take sweeties to school? <laughs> yeah. But I don't really recall any any kind of conversations about that. And I wish, yeah, I wish I'd known more from my mother, actually. I think it's quite intriguing, actually, asking people about sex and their recollections of their mother and everybody's talked about their periods, as if somehow those two things mm. are necessarily related. Mm. To, they are related, but actually, I, I have a, a, a daughter myself who's not yet gone through puberty, and we've already, we, we talk about sex and sexuality and feelings and love, and, and those, that is so much more and already part of them before mm. they reach mm. puberty almost, mm. but actually, you know, our experience of a, of a different generation, you, you know, it, it was, periods meant you could get pregnant and that was a disaster, mm. and you know, mm. those kind of things were all mm. kind of came together, which added to the, the, the sort of slightly shameful nature of it, I suppose, in some ways. I'm the, the mother of a teenager as well, and uh, I find completely different raising a daughter now as to how I was raised. Um, I was very keen that it was something that was spoken about, mm -hmm. normalised, from, you know, not too early in age, but, you know... Mm -hmm. When she asked questions, and you know, I answered them what I felt was age appropriately, um, and then she grew older, and, and and when she started getting, you know, 
to be sort of kind of prepubescent. I did, you know, buy in books with her, read them with her, talked to her about things, you know, there was nothing, was a kind of mystery. We talk, you know, we're very frank in how we talk, how we communicate, you know, it's a completely different sort of relationship as to the sort of kind of stuff. I mean, we're only talking 30, 40 years, you know, for myself, yeah, 30, 30 plus years ago. It was such a mystery, you know, it, it was sort of kind of like, you know, you were given the, the, the sort of bare information. I remember my dad, if it's okay to talk about your dad as well as your mum, uh, he collected these, it was, mag- it was, it was uh, you know, these part work magazines that he mm-hmm. got, and it was like the story of life or something, and it was all about, and they were like scientific diagrams, and it was all about men and women and reproduction, but, you know, in, in, in a very sort of kind of not, nothing salacious about it. it was, and I knew they were keeping them for the purpose of, my dad thought, for educating us, but I came across them when I was a bit younger than I think he would have wanted me to see them. And he was outright, you know, he was kind of like, can't be looking at them. And I'm like, well, I've looked at them now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was interesting, interesting, you know. But, I mean, yeah, it was sort of kind of like... Mm. Did you find that, um, like at my school, you know, if anyone had kind of, whoever had started their periods first, they were sort of celebrity and you kind of, you know, you just went up to them and went, does it hurt? Or, mm. You know, because like, one of my closest friends, she started her period at nine. Um, very young and so she was the kind of go-to like guru in the year everyone knew that she had so everyone would kind of sort of sidle up and ask and but yeah and then everybody sort of knew very quickly like my year was quite small and I think everyone knew really quickly as soon as anyone had done anything mm. with anyone mm. you know that was the new not a benchmark but everyone's like oh she's out in front or you know asking questions of or I probably want like more people wanted to ask more but it wasn't maybe it wasn't cool I don't know yes well I have a friend she's uh, two years older than me her period started early and she had always a relationship with boys men later she once married short time she tried then uh, our culture uh, important virginity mm. uh, then she lost it about this stage comes because she slept every time and she chose she thought she was going to marry but uh, when I asked about sex what is it I said always she told me don't love anyone you mm. will be sad later you are seeing me <laughs> every time she after when uh, breakdown always sick two three months cry uh, sick and nothing uh, good always she told me but you are getting information I didn't get any information I thought maybe trouble but when I watch movies not uh, something's very openly close but feeling is different this is body you are feeling something's inside you can't you can't burn this is mm-hmm. inside from you seeing uh, about the you know at school with everybody knew I remember um there was one day where all the girls were taken into, it was in high school, mm-hmm. all the girls were taken into a room and it was like, I think they were usually promoted by Tampax yeah. or... Mm-hmm. Um, always. Mm-hmm. We had the always lady. Yeah. And the women say, and, and we all knew, you, 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 because we all did gym together and all this kind of thing. Uh, and she was like, right, how many of you get a period? And it was all like sliding under the desk, <laughs> you know, like, and nobody, nobody put their hand up. Oh, it's 13 or 14. You know, so it was like... I, I, complete opposite it was like you know yeah we all knew but we're not going to tell anybody you know yeah it was almost like 
I think it, well, I remember that day really clearly at school. We had the girls taken away and uh, we we sort of unspoken formed a, a sort of group mentality against the teacher and against the, the women because our reggie teacher uh, who like saw us every day was a man and uh, he said, now girls, you've got the option next week you can be talked to by one of the senior staff who is a woman or me. And he went, you can have her or me, her or me. <laughs> and then we all kind of went, <laughs> and he was so offended and it was so funny but um, yeah but we had this sort of no that was unspoken but suddenly it was like it didn't matter if you were one of the cool ones or the mm-hmm. the non-cool ones we were all banding together and then the always lady came in and said the same thing and she was trying to market these um, slimline panty liners that were for thongs and so she was like do any of you wear thongs and everyone's like <laughs> you know we're not going to tell this total stranger it's quite it's quite strange thinking back on that now. Like, how is that helpful to have some complete mm-hmm. random woman coming in, asking questions? I think their generation, they are open and mm. they are lucky also. Mm. They know and they can get it in school, other side. I have a son, teenager, 18 years old, but from childhood I spoke him. But two, three years uh, ago, he said, Mom, you don't know anything. So don't tell me anything. We know, we know, we know details. Don't tell me. Anything. And I think that probably does come from kind of a generation of women who have come through the experiences that we've been through, and, and life has moved on, and actually have realised that it takes them. It may have taken them a long time to to grow into their sexuality and to kind of feel comfortable expressing their sexuality and they don't want that for their children and I, you know, I've got a son and a daughter and I, that's not what I would choose for them because it takes a long time to undo a lot of those shame inducing things that were not your fault and you know you're, le- you're, you're left with a kind, of, a kind of hereditary legacy of how women's sexuality was viewed and I, and I don't want that for my, my children, boys or girls and I think I mean, it, it, you know, there's then the, the argument of, well, it, it, does it swing too far the other way and be too sexualised? That's a different kind of conversation. But in terms of their individual sexuality and their expression of it and their understanding of it and their, and their belonging in it, I think, you know, it is a generation of women like us who, who just don't want to perpetuate the same issues over and over again. And we're fortunate to be in a position where we feel comfortable to, to do that. Does anyone want to pick a new question? Or we can still talk about this. Okay. Do you feel you need an orgasm to enjoy sex? What about your partner? Shall I go first since I've asked the question? Yeah. Since <laughs> 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 I picked it, I should right. go first. Well, we can, um, if you start, we could go round and then go. I have to go on and say yes. <laughs> I, I can't. It is. And I don't know how that's come about. In, in that sense, I want to be one of those women who, oh, yes, it's just, it's not about that for me. It's not. And strangely, my partner is the opposite. He doesn't necessarily, I mean, in genuine terms, I mean, in some ways, there is this perception that it's easier for men. Um, I don't find it difficult to orgasm, if I'm honest. Um, but it has to happen, or apparently I'm not worth talking to. <laughs> I'm really raging. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. I agree with you. And there's part of me that feels bad about that. There's part of me feels... I, I think partly because my husband is a very... I, I'm not 
in general to say I'm not. I, I'm not a hugely tactile person with close people. I'm quite tactile, like I touched you then. Mm-hmm. I'm quite a tactile person. But actually with people who are quite close to me, I'm not hugely tactile. Um, and my partner is the opposite. He's very cuddly, very touchy-feely. Um, he, he, he needs the sex as a sense of intimacy. I actually, I, we've almost ended up in the opposite gender stereotype. I'm not like that. Uh, but it makes me feel a bit less of a woman in some ways. I don't know how to explain what I mean by that. I mean that there is this sense that, you know, that it shouldn't be that important for a woman, that the, the other things and the, the intimacy and other I mean, I, I have a lot of intimacy in my, lots of my relationships. It's not to do with sex. And I don't need the sex for the intimacy. But I do need it to have an orgasm. Um, I agree with you. I need it too. Um, but the, the intimacy with the sex, are the se- well, I can't do the... But, but the intimacy on its own, um, it's, I find it weird. And I have met men who separate these two things. Mm-hmm. And I, I just can't um, get my head around. Because for me, like m- m- my body gets very aroused from the intimacy. So I'm just thinking... So what? What is this now? And and then you get kind of this um, sense of frustration. Um, and it took me many, 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 many years, centuries, <laughs> to 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 be able to orgasm to sex with the penetration, um, which was um, something to do with all the the problems and and also the. That I was expected to be different from how I was. I was mm-hmm. not behaving like the stuff that they watch in porn or whatever, you know. So because I was not behaving like this, they were not um, appreciating that. They were kind of trying to make me do something else. And the more they were trying to, the more I couldn't do it. Um, so, but because I needed it... Um, it had to happen with hands and fingers and, and vibrators and things with them there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, they had learned how to do it themselves to me. Or I just had to do it myself with them mm-hmm. after or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, without it, I yeah, I was feeling uh, weird. Um. I have a question generally, but... Mm-hmm. Anyone answer or acknowledge us? Without sex, how can uh, I ask first asking Claire? Without sex, how can you feel orgasm? You said uh, for orgasm you don't need the sex. No, for intimacy. I think I mean. I think what I, what I think what I was trying to say was that I, you know, I sex isn't necessarily what I need to to experience a sense of intimacy. Whereas for my partner, it is a very important part of his expression of intimacy and love. And I, I, well, I, I don't get, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm.